What's up guys? It's your girl Jamia Zarzuela, the political poet, and welcome to Poetry, Prose, and Politics. This episode is sponsored by Coconut Casual, a Black-owned lifestyle brand focused on positively impacting our globe by promoting female empowerment. It's all love at Coconut Casual. And remember, if it's for us and by us, then support us. So on the last episode, we talked about how I felt before COVID, uh, pre-pandemic, before shit hit the fan, essentially. And today I want to talk about or discuss after the pandemic, after the protesting, after and what it is that we need to do in order to see the change that we want. Alongside of being in the midst of what it is that we're going through. So on today's podcast, I decided to bring out my auntie because she is one of my favorite educators, literally an educator, um, and she's taught me so many things. One thing that she explains effortlessly, I feel like with ease, and if someone can't get this, I just can't, I feel like they don't want to hear the message because she delivers it so well, is the difference between racism and prejudice and why a black person can't be racist. So that's one thing that I'm gonna have her discuss along with a number of other things. To get started though, I do wanna introduce her. Her name is Afelicia Johnson, but I call her TT. Say hey TT. Hello, hello, thank you for having me. And yeah, like I said, I wanted to bring you on because one thing that I think you do well is definitely talk about, or not talk about, but you you break down things in a digestible way. One thing that I want to do on this podcast for people to understand law, politics, et cetera, uh, social constructs. And I was talking to you about, well, a number of things while this whole thing was happening, how you know, during this whole thing uh, that's been going on in our world and in America. But one thing that we were talking about is how being on our phone, seeing on social media, uh, the outrage that we've been feeling and how we kind of have to just distance ourselves socially or distance ourselves from social media. Why do you think that is? What do you think has been going on? Well, um, because of all of the latest incidents uh, with the police brutality, it has kind of, and along with the pandemic going on, it has really brought um, some true feelings of everyone to the forefront. I think in the past, um, probably since the 70s, people have been able to kind of hide behind what they truly feel. And at this point, because of what happened with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and again, the pandemic, um, you you have to really kind of either stand up or, or 
or sit down, so to speak, you know. Um, and because of that, I think we're seeing a lot of um, white people in, in general either take a stand one way or the other. Um, so we are seeing, you know, the good side of that. We are seeing a, a white folks who probably wouldn't have said very much in the past um, take a stand and, and be allies. Um, mm -hmm. Unfortunately, on the other side, we've also seen a lot of people's true feelings as far as um, how they feel um, about non-whites. Um, and so um, with them being out of work and them being in a position of, um, in their minds, feeling just as oppressed as we are because they're out of work, now mm. they need somebody to blame it on. And so now right. um, here they come with, with their anger that has just been dormant maybe um, towards us, but it's always been there. And now again, everybody's everybody's speaking about how they feel. Most people are speaking about how they feel. And we've said this before, if you're not speaking at this point, you are basically agreeing with, with uh, our, oppressors. our oppressors. You're a part of the problem. Right. And it's interesting because people think that racism this battle of racism that we have is this is a new thing. Some people even have the nerve to say that it doesn't exist, you know, even though they've never experienced it. But they say that racism doesn't exist. They say that COVID, heck, that that doesn't exist. And it's really interesting to see that Americans are the only ones that are, well, not the only ones, but we're being restricted from visiting other countries simply because we're the only ones that are refusing to just stay home. And I think that mindset, this privileged mindset also piggybacks on why racism still exists is because so many people want to ignore it. So many people want to uh, pretend like it doesn't exist uh, or flat out they are a part of the problem and they'll continue uh, to push that problem. For me, being on social media, like you said, it makes me see every single day the problem. <laughs> and that's not really easy to actually face that. Even as a black person, you, you know that there's this problem, you live with this problem, but until you know it's at the forefront on your feed every single day, it's literally what's what you're consuming and it's really painful. And I wonder why our grand my grandparents respond a little bit better than my generation does. I think it has to do with <clears throat> their experience with it and and um the fact that it was a part of the their expectation mm -hmm. of how people were during that time. You know, we we kind of grew up with with um shades on so to speak and we were we were kind of um sheltered a little bit from a lot of the hate i think when we experienced it it was kind of like a big deal you yeah. know to us we, it was yeah. like oh my gosh this happened to me today uh with our grandparents and even with my dad you know my dad is 70. it was almost everyday life unfortunately and so when it's something that you have to live with on a consistent basis, I just think you you're you're unfortunately you're able to deal with things, you know, negative things in um, 
a lot easier than some of us who when we see it, it's like, oh my God, I can't believe this is going on. Like this had- really just happened to me that I really just get discriminated against. Right. This person really just say this to me, you know, right. um, because it happened to them on a daily basis. They lived in a time where there were signs up that said whites only. That was a part of, you know, their normal life. And, you know, we were fortunate that we didn't have to experience that. But what comes with that is a sheltered from, you know, everyday racism. And so when it starts to happen or when we experience it, we don't deal with it as well as they do. Yeah, because even because like you said, granddad, he was he didn't go to an integrated school, right? He went to he was or was he the first generation Um, to be able to do that? Uh, no, he he was uh, he went to an integrated school because he went to high school in the north. Um, when he was in the south, though, he was he had to experience segregation. Yeah, and so I just I just find it very interesting that that's a generation away from me. You know, it's you know my mom, you. The way that y'all grew up versus how I grew up, obviously you see the uh, technology advances, but I feel like I almost, um, I'm told to appreciate the advances of um, civil rights movement and how we have, as black people, have been able to overcome a lot of oppression, but Yet still, I'm so I feel angry because I'm fearful for my black brother or my black sister, my black husband, and my black son, my black life, y'all. And my granddad is in this idea of well, it's an everyday thing, and unfortunately, you know that was a time where lynching still. Well, actually, you know what's interesting? Lynching still go on. We just kind of overlook it because it's not as often. But whereas he had to it was more so in the news. Now, one thing that I do want to dive into is the fact that you say, um, many people say, and I agree with it, but Black people cannot be racist. I, for the life of me, cannot explain this as graciously as you do, because I understand what both terms mean. I understand what a racist is. Mm -hmm. I know what somebody who is prejudiced looks like. I know that, you know, I'm capable of being prejudiced, but people say that my, like, if I was, if what I said was a prejudice thing or my action was a prejudice thing as a black person, um, that, you know, I can stand by, but they misinterpret that. And they think that racism and prejudice is like intertwined or it's, it's, uh, synonymous is the same thing and it doesn't go hand in well they go hand in hand but they're not uh the same word right right well first let me say this i think the first place people's mind go when they hear black people can be racist is that we're speaking to um the morality of black people and it being superior than everybody else and that and let me dispel that that is absolutely not what people mean when they say black people cannot be racist. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's important to know. Um, the second part is is you you pretty much just said it. I, the biggest problem is we use and, and black people, white people, everybody does this. They because because we talk about it so commonly, we use prejudice and 
racism, racism, excuse me, synonymously. We, we use them um, as the same word and they have two distinct different meanings. We all, most of us know what prejudice means. It means to prejudge someone based on what they look like right. or something about them. Um, and when you prejudge them, you stereotype them or you make a decision on whether or not you like them, don't like them or whatever you feel about them. Mm -hmm. Okay, That's prejudice. Everybody on the planet has some prejudice. Black people, white people, Asian people, you know, Hispanic people, everybody not only can be prejudiced, but unfortunately are prejudiced to some extent. We all hold some type of prejudice towards people based on, you know, what we think about them, what experiences we've had with those folks. Now, racism is a little bit different in the way that prejudice or racism is the manifestation of prejudice. Okay, right. so I can be prejudiced against somebody, say they have red-haired people. You know, I can say I don't like red-haired people. You know, they are all mean or I have whatever problem with all people that are red-haired. Okay, so I can be prejudiced against them. Now, racism would be me being able to oppress or marginalize all red-haired people. Okay. When you look at the definition of racism, it has the actual word in there, marginalize. Marginalize means to treat people as unimportant or inferior based on the power that you have, okay? So in general, black people do not have power to oppress or marginalize the people that they are prejudiced against. And that is why we say it is not possible for black people in general to be racist. Um, we do not sit on um, judge benches in, in general as a whole and give out time um, to people, put them in prison. We do not um, own banks in general as black people. As a whole, we don't, we don't um, have enough power in the economy to impact people that we might be prejudiced against. Right. Um, we do not make decisions in the education system. We do not make the major decisions in the healthcare system. So we don't have the power in general um, to impact a, a large group of people that we would be prejudiced against. And so that is the reason why black people cannot be racist. Again, it has nothing to do with us being superior morally and we just are incapable of hate. We just don't have the power to impute racism on a, on a, on a group of people. Specifically speaking in America, because I mean, while I feel like it is something that is universal on this, on this planet, considering that several countries um, in even Africa have for so long been oppressed by Europe, we within well not you know this particular century but the previous one i feel but because i will speak specifically to america i feel that that is very much so true i remember we were watching a really great movie about um two two men that just owned a bank they weren't the bankers the, banker. the bankers it was such a great movie and it showed how the system you you change or you go against the grain, you fight um, with every single law that they place in front of you, 
And then they change the law on you so that you're not able to win. And to, to speak on that racism, the noun is to be prejudiced or to discriminate directly against a person or people on the bias of their membership or particular race or ethnic group, typically one that is a minority or marginalized. Typically someone that is marginalized or a minority, the minority of, you know, this country would be us. The marginalized is us. The oppressed is us. And for centuries, people have been, since we've come to America, people enslaving us proved that they were racist because they didn't believe that we were human enough uh, or yeah, human enough for them and human at all. And then our greatest, well, I wouldn't say the greatest sin, but, you know, Independence Day, the reason why we didn't, we don't celebrate Independence Day and we celebrated Juneteenth and we would prefer to light firecrackers on Juneteenth is simply because that wasn't our day. July 4th, 19, what was it? 76, we they didn't uh, 1776 my bad they didn't they didn't free us we were still three-fourths of a person and so with that i think that it's really interesting that there's still a lot of um there's still a lot of hatred that is masked they'll say or specifically white people that are racist bigots they'll say, well, the reason why I'm so angry that these people are saying Black Lives Matter is actually because them saying Black Lives Matter makes it act, makes it seem like nobody's lives matter at all. Really what they're saying, and then they'll turn around and say all lives matter. Really what I feel like they're saying when they say that is here, these people, these people, go with their them wanting something as if this country doesn't already owe us anything do you well i i've already let it on but i know that you believe that we deserve reparations why is one why do you think that we deserve them well i i i i don't i don't know that i believe reparations for us is a money amount though yeah and i do say that um, I feel it's it, educational. It, 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 right. It should be something um, that you cannot even put a number on. You can't put a value on. And and, and that is education. Um, the thing is, pe- people have to understand how far back we were set by not being able to be educated at all um, for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... You know, I think Obama has said it, you know, several people um, have always alluded to edu- how important education is and and how um, it impacts us as a people to, to not be able to be educated. So that to let that first, I think that education is is a part of reparations. Um, but I don't I, I don't think that most black people feel like, oh, we should just be given something. I, I, I think that we feel that we were put in positions by not only 
just slavery, but once we got here, not being able to be educated, not being told we can't read, um, being told um, we, you know, or being redlined, being put into situations where it was kind of the survival of the fittest, um, and and all the way up until mass incarceration, we we were put in these positions without having any control. We didn't have any control of 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 you know how things went for us for so long. And so now that we have a little bit more control, there you know there's a lot of well you know you you can do that you know you have your control of well now I mean in here in 2000 and 20, you know, we have a little bit more control, but we were set back for so long that still, like I, my grandmother never learned how to read or write. Right. My own grandmother, you know, she had to, she could not go to school um, because she was putting into a situation where she had to work. Right. You know, um, and so being the grandchild of somebody who were, was not able to attend school, I seen how that affected her economically. You know, I see where that put my family over the next few years, you know, over the next couple of generations. Right. Um, I think directly I'm the first person in my, my family to finish college. You know, um, yeah. my mother did it. Um, I, none of my siblings did. And I, I'm not sure that any of my, my aunts on my mother's side did. Um, so, one. One. Okay. Auntie Sue. Okay. That was it. So so maybe I'm the second. So that's coming from uh, a generation, two generations, three generations. I'm the third generation. And I'm the only the second person coming from a person that never got to go to school. Right? And when you don't go to school, when you don't experience school, you don't know even the importance of how um, it impacts your families to teach it to them. Hey, you need to be going to school. This is important. You know, you need to do this. You're more apt to say, hey, go out and get a job. You know, that's the type of thing that has happened generally, generationally with our, with our people. We don't teach also, we don't teach financial um, education. Too. Yeah. We, we don't teach that, but we don't teach that because we, we don't, don't know it. Right. We can't teach things we don't know. Um, and I, I I don't know this to be true for a lot of white people, but I assume that they have more um, information about um, finances earlier on than we do. Simply because their grandparents were even able to get a loan. Because they were able to get a loan, because they owned land. They understood um, the importance of having credit they understood you know having a good amount of money saved you know and all of these things that they could have we don't savings. even have that we don't even have that you know that stuff is not even in our vocabulary until we're adults right you know um we're talking about people that had uh trust funds before they were even born mm -hmm. you know and and we don't we don't have the opportunity to have that because we're too busy trying to get out of the hole that you know, society put we've us been, in. We've been in since three or four generations ago. Um, so to me, that's that's why I say uh, reparations is important or something that I think that we should have. I think it should come in the form of education. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that that um, many of us would take 
take um, advantage of it if, if it is if it is offered. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about reading was literally made illegal for us. When there is a law, <laughs> when your country says that it is illegal for a person to read, I want to know what they expect the next couple of generations uh, to do with when it when that law ends. If it was illegal for my great, great, great grandmother is what I will pin that to for her to read, why would she teach the importance for her grandchild to read? And then if no one can, know? yeah, how would she know? And then if she can't teach her grandchildren to read after, or their grandchildren to read after that, then you're talking about, I simply need to work to survive, to eat, to put food in your mouth and to ensure that through the pandemic of 1918, through uh, what ha through the uh, stock markets crashing in 1920 uh, or 21, mm -hmm. that we are surviving. We didn't have an education for us to there or we didn't have um, a a platform for us to stand on because it was literally made illegal for us to read. Not only that, but when we were finally able to get schools, the books that we got were already ruined. And then they dare say that we were the ones to ruin them when we got them secondhand, thirdhand in at the brittle. That's something that granddaddy has attested to to me. It's important for me to to have my education simply because you know that's something that's been robbed from a from us for several generations. Not only that, but you're talking about even in World War One and Two, black people weren't able to get into particular colleges. They wouldn't accept us. So yeah, maybe I'm not looking for that's reparations. How HBCUs came about. That's exactly why they are about or what they were about is the fact that we needed a place where we were allowed to educate our own self. And so uh, it's even funny for someone to say that, you know, that, that university, that institute is racist because it's a historical black college. No, we had to create that space for ourselves because you wouldn't let us in this, in a space, in our own country, in the place that we built and the buildings that we built the books that we printed, you wouldn't allow us to have uh, a, a space to ensure that we were okay. So yeah, I'm not looking for cash reparations. I, I just think that it would be nice with the fact that, you know, my, my, I'm in college. So me being in college and having a child is not easy. And right. it doesn't, it doesn't matter that my husband's in the army and I get, you know, a scholarship. It It's not easy to be a student that has to pay, you know, community college, even tuition, which is $1,300 that I don't have. Like you people just don't, they can't just, you know, pick it from a tree. I was going to say yeah. something inappropriate. They can't just pick it. They don't, we don't have money to just pick from a tree because again, our, our family wasn't taught or Black people in general, what they weren't taught. You just don't have the knowledge. Yeah. You know, that they, that I've, Economic I've growth or anything. I've heard it said that if you want to keep somebody in the dark or keep something from a person, put it in a book, you know. And so, 
if that is true and we were not allowed to read books, how much knowledge did we miss? You know, and, and to me, that's why I say, you know, that is important. And, and that's why I know that to me, when we, you gain knowledge, that is something no one can take from you. And that is the most important thing, having something no one can take from you. Um, did we do a lot to build this country? Absolutely. Um, did did we get credit for it? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. But I think one of the biggest things, um, which is why you know I, I'm in education, is that we have to impress upon our people, it's incumbent upon us, the importance of being educated um, and whatever field or whatever you decide to go into, you need to be educated to be the best at it. You know, I think we just um, sometimes we try to go off the cuff for a lot of things. Um, and that's fine because it's we are very resourceful people and we're intelligent, honestly, by nature. So that's not a problem. Um, but to have that piece of paper that you worked for, mm -hmm. that you can prove, hey, I am capable. Put in time. Yeah. I did my, I paid my due, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I am capable. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to be successful at whatever it is you put in front of me because I've already shown that I right. can that I can endure. And so those things are, are important for us to get in that. And I, I can never say that enough. And so I, I hope, I always hope that, you know, as I'm teaching young kids, um, all the kids, you know, I, I always talk to them about the importance of education, but um, a little bit much, a little bit more minority kids, because I know sometimes, you know, they don't understand. I don't know if we're always giving it to them at home. Mm. So um, we have to, to make sure that we're, you know, and, and I say education, but I just, I mean, go, go to school to do something, you know, right. Go be, uh, we, we need in our communities, we need welders. We need, you know, plumbers, electricians. We need these people also. Um, so if that's what you're learning to do and those people get paid well, you know, so we have to make sure that we have those people in our communities as well. So with that being said, why do you think, well, I'll pose it in a way where me personally, because me personally, at the age of 18, I was extremely angry that, you know, after graduating high school and all of this other stuff, I'm this 18 year old person that's not uh, adult enough, or actually I was 18 in high school, so I wasn't adult enough because I was, I still had people telling me what to do. And then I was an adult by law, but not really. Cause even though they could send me off to war, I can't, you know, buy alcohol, et cetera, et cetera. With somebody, you know, I was somebody that was in debate club, like literally in debate club lame. And I was the person that was at youth and government. And I that was just what I love to do. But then on the flip side, I was, like I said, angry because I knew that, you know, we have electoral college. We're not going to like my vote. I, I felt like my vote didn't count. My vote does count. But I felt like my vote at that time didn't matter. I felt like um, that, you know, Democrats 
were going to give me the last pickings, even though, um, you know, I couldn't really, I'm, I'm not going to vote Republican because I see that their ideals, their ideals are, they say that they're conservative and that's the reason why, and they base it behind, you know, religion, but I really just see that it's, you know, bigotry that's motivating them and they try to just use, you know, religion for uh, an excuse. So then I have to deal with whatever Democrat um, uh, politician there is and they, they're they not really for me or they're not really doing anything for my community. And so I felt like, or I, I still feel like there are a lot of black people that feel the same way as me. And how do we get black people to lobby for a, or a demand from a politician, hey, do you have a black agenda? What are you gonna do for my community before I vote for you? Uh, why aren't black people investing in, well, we probably already know that question, but why we're not investing in um, uh, a, a candidate that's gonna be either locally or you know a, a presidential candidate? Why aren't we as invested or as um, as upfront as everyone else would be, um, compared even though we have this much anger, we protest, we we do silent protesting, we go out and march, we wear a shirt, we kneel, and we we are saying that we're trying everything, but so many black people don't vote, and it's proven that they don't vote and they say that they try everything except for voting. Why do you think that is? Well, first of all, um, <laughs> I think we have to stop being so quick to subscribe to whatever political party. I'm just going to be honest. Um, because if you go back years, you could have literally the Republican Party and the Democratic Party were switched as exactly. far as their beliefs are concerned. So we can't just subscribe there. We have to truly, truly find people or, you know, invest in researching in people who beliefs align with ours, period. Right. Um, you know, I, I, can't, I can't answer for you why, in general, we don't go. I know that one of the things that is a problem is we don't push local level voting the way we push the national vote once we're voting every four years for a president. And and I know why I can I don't know why. I can assume why we don't show up even on the national level voting um, stage the way that we should. In history, outside of Barack Obama. All of the presidential candidates have looked almost exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> All of them. And so I, I I laugh at people because I hear people even now saying, oh, you know, Biden is Biden is not that much better, you know, than than Trump and mm. blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, this is the only choices we've ever had. Like why why are we acting like this is new that we've had to choose exactly from you know white men who honestly their beliefs don't line up with ours that has always been the case outside of President Barack Obama mm -hmm. so 
So to me, that's laughable that people say, oh, well, Biden ain't that great either. No, we've we've never had great choices as black people. <laughs> we have never had them. However, so, I was going to say, however, we have to show up and well, demand. That's, well, that's that's, you know, what I was going to get at is the next thing is we we have we have to understand that by the time we are voting at the national level every four years, we've missed all the important votes. Mm hmm. You know what I'm saying? If that's the only time we show up and vote, which people don't because they say, well, I don't trust either one, so I'm not going. You've missed the important votes that happen between those four years with your local level politicians. Okay? So that's where it has to start for you to see the actual change in your community. Because if we're being real honest, the president doesn't necessarily directly impact what's going on in mm -hmm. your community. Right. Right. So you have to vote locally. You have to put people in places locally that when they move up and you vote them to Congress and you vote them then to Senate. Right. They've come from a place where you already know that they're aligned with what you believe in and what you think um, should be going on in your community. Exactly. Because they have to get there, right? And then you you got a senator or a governor now that you're voting for president, but he climbed the level the ladder through the local level and because you put him there. So right. now you have a viable candidate, but we, we don't even we don't give ourselves a chance is the is the thing that I I, I believe we're doing in the in the black community. We simply just say, well, it's not gonna vote, it's not gonna matter. How do we know that if we haven't really truly tested the theory? Because we have really never went in a large number and voted the way that we should have. We saw it in, we, in Atlanta for Georgia. We, we, we all see in it the in black communities and, and Michelle Obama's um, documentary, she talked a little bit about it in the black communities, especially during this, this last election, 2016, we did not show up, mm -mm. right? And so we if, in, if, if in Miami, you have uh, 350,000 right. black people in, in a small area and you're telling me 30,000 people in that area voted, black people voted, we didn't show up to, to try to win anything. We did it. And, and you can't say your vote don't matter if you never test that theory. Right. You have to give it an opportunity to matter. They have to actually prove us that it doesn't matter by us all going as black people and voting and then not getting the outcome that we voted for before we can even say that. And I think that we haven't done it. Uh, in, we haven't went and voted in droves like we should to be able to even say that that is true. I think we just feel that way because all of the presidents we've seen have been people that we really wouldn't have voted for, for the most part. Mm -hmm. But by the time it got to that level, we didn't take care of our business on the local level. Anyway, and so we come and we have these two people that we don't believe in. Either one of them really cares whether right. they're Republican or Democrat. And that's who we have to vote for. So guess what? We're either going to vote or we're not. And a lot of us choose not to. I do want to say this. Um, just because we believe in, in Black empowerment um, does not believe that, does not mean that we don't believe um, in um love for everyone and, and equality for everyone. So we're not saying that um, us, you know, 
having pro-black beliefs mean we have anti-white beliefs. Or anti-anybody. I think that a lot of times that anytime you come and you try to have a conversation about empowering black people and what we need to be doing to get better, it is almost immediately seen as a knock or a, you know, a hit to, to anybody that doesn't look like you. Um, and that's not the case. Um, we just have some ground to make up, you know, as black people. And we need, you know, to talk about all the ways and everything that we can do to do that, to, to try to start making up the ground so we can be the best we can be. I thank you so much for adding that too, uh, because yes, just as, you know, any community of people that is in America, um, us in general, um, no matter what skin color, what language it is that you speak, we want to make sure that we all are able to um, are, are have the opportunity to be our best. Right. Uh, I forget where I hear this where I heard this, but it's, if we are, um, if America says that, well, we want life, liberty, and happiness for the people, then Black people are still in life. Mm. And I leave that thought for whoever is listening so that they understand that regardless if you're Korean, Chinese, Vietnamese, Cambodian, Hawaiian, Samoan, white, black, Jewish, you know, Islam, Christian, or Muslim, Christian, you know, whatever the case will be, that uh, you understand that too, that black people are still working on simply life. And we're just trying to ensure that we can get the the other two opportunities that America says that we're all able to have. And to my favorite educator, my auntie and biggest inspiration in life, Al Felicia Johnson, thank you so much for joining in to, on this podcast this week with me. Also to my audience, I thank you so much for tuning in every single Sunday to the anxiety series. And to join in with these open dialogues that we have and hear yourself on the next episode, never hesitate to go to anchor.fm forward slash the political poet and just leave a message or go ahead and download the app as well. Another thing that I'm always open for you to do is leave me a message uh, on Instagram and you can find me at Jamia Zarsuela on whatever topics it is that you believe that we should touch on for future episodes. Until next time, thank you and speak free. While you can listen to Poetry, Prose, and Politics wherever you stream your podcasts, be it Spotify, Google, or Apple Podcasts, Anchor.fm does allow you to leave me a message so that you can join in on the conversation. You can also support this podcast with small monthly donations to help sustain future episodes. You can donate as little as 99 cent a month. Just visit anchor.fm forward slash the political poet. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M forward slash 
T-H-A-P-O-L-I-T-I-C-A-L-P-O-E-T. Wow, that's a mouthful. And then click support. Lastly, I mean, don't forget to follow me. And you can find me on almost all social media platforms at Jamia Zarsuela. And as always, guys, speak free. Until next time, catch you later.